Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast on the left, babe. Go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty live resin. You really get the delicious weedy taste, which is what I like. And three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape, put it in your brain and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Last podcast on the left. It's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast on the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Sex with my son. Oh man! Oh, family. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, Daddy. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, well, Daddy. Let me suck your dick first. Let's see what? if it's gone. Get out of here, guys! What a fun way to start. I had a question for the both of you. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. This is a real question. It pertains to the the Barker gang. Um, my Barker. If we were all like uh, your uh, families, were all like. A, cr- a gang of criminals, and you sure. were in a group together. You were a gang. Do you think it would make it more or less difficult if you were also having sex with them? Like if you were like Marcus, you're you're oh robbing a bank God. with your brothers. Mm-hmm. Do you think it makes it difficult to cut up the money if you've been all having sex with each other, or do you think that that makes it easier? Uh, I would say it would make it easier because you definitely have bigger things on your mind. Like you're going to be more distracted because you're thinking, oh, my God, I'm having sex with my family. There's something fucking absolutely fucking awful here. So you're like, yeah, fuck it. Take the extra five bucks. I don't care. That seems like a you problem. I'm going to push back a little bit on that. I'm going to go with the Fleetwood Mac example (laughs) of what happens when family starts having sex with each other. Sure, you might get the biggest heist of your life. You might have your rumors. Mm. But in the long run. (laughs) 
Oh, bat chatter. All, the All time. of a sudden, Lindsey Buckingham <laughs> is talking. All of a sudden, Stevie Nicks has something uh, to say. You, you came and harder next, for Chris. Whoa. So I think in the long run, it'll lead to total and utter destruction. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben hanging out with Marcus. Yeah, Marcus. Absolutely fucking just absolutely jazz that you started the show by asking that question. Me too. Jazz. I am. Me too. And Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> the, the nice thing is, in 10 years, uh, Henry's actually going to be in charge of the census <laughs> so that'll be make sure you fill that out and make Where, sure you figure out who you like to have sex with in your family the most and if you are in currently inside of your brother when i come to do the census at that's, your home that's you great. count as one person you count as one well isn't that true love all right everyone today's topic People have been clamoring for it. I know I say that sometimes, but they when they clamor, I tell them, I, I tell you when they clamor. People like Tommy Gunn material. Yeah. Absolutely. Tommy Gunn. Ooh, also a great name for a boxer. Yeah. It's the name of a famous porn star as well. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, everyone. We are on to Ma Barker. Ma Barker was a gangland figure of the 20s and 30s who allegedly ruled over the Barker Carpus Gang, which was known far and wide as one of the most dangerous, ambitious, intelligent, and successful violent criminal enterprises of the era. These guys Mm. were the real fucking deal. These were the most, some of the most dangerous people of this time period, and it's fun to get in the middle of them. Well, who was more dangerous, them or the Beagle Boys from DuckTales? Actually, the Beagle Boys were kind of based on the Barker game. Oh, no Whoa, yeah, isn't do you, that do you get it now? But that's the thing. Do you get it? Beagles, bark, bark. Barkers, Whoa. Bark, Beagle Boys. Okay, see, look at that. He yep. loves dogs. <laughs> now we're educating Kissel. That's right. <laughs> Finally, I'm puffing. Finally, a story from me. Whoa, characters. <laughs> yeah, you, I, you know I got one. Well, according to legend, Ma Barker was a stout, cigar-chomping mastermind who stole more money than John Dillinger, Pretty Boy Floyd, Babyface Nelson, and Bonnie and Clyde combined. Whoa. Although beating Bonnie and Clyde wasn't much of a challenge if we're talking pure numbers. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde, while we love them, and we love our impotent king, Clyde, we love him, we stand him, we know for a fact that they were, you know, they stood by each other's side to the very end, even though he couldn't put it inside. Yeah. Uh, they, I don't they were think people say stand anymore, though. I, yeah. Who cares, man? Okay. I'm here now. Years. I'm here Years now. Out of I fashion. made it now. Okay. Years out. Their relationship is very fire. It's fire. <laughs> yes. And it's so, on fire. <laughs> but they weren't good at the game, right. per se. They, they no. caught well, the nation's Well, speaking of having, se- I think, love got in the way in their case, did it not? I don't know. I feel like, in a way, it, their bond was different because again they couldn't fuck so mm. a part of it was maybe you know who fucking knows maybe like that actually helped being able to keep your eye on the ball but the barrow gang was not very good at their jobs no. the barker carpus gang though they really set the bar okay for what you could do in the gangland era very good mm-hmm. Planning from afar, Ma Barker supposedly used her four sons as her instruments of chaos, directing the boys throughout their lives in all the best ways to steal, cheat, rob, and murder, all because it gave Ma a little tickle in her bottom to do so. You know what else? Let me tell you who else has been giving Ma a tickle in her bottom. My first son, Herbert. Oh, my. That was my grandfather's name. <laughs> yeah, but now he's fucking me as oh, my son. Oh, come on. <laughs> I switched from cigars to cigarettes to get healthy. Oh, that's probably not going to work. No. No. I think you actually have that in reverse. 
Well, under Ma Barker's supposed tutelage and guidance, the Barker Carpus gang was so dangerous that five of the top ten criminals in the FBI's most wanted list were members of the two dozen strong Barker Carpus crew. It really is not good when your family tree and the FBI most wanted list combine into one thing. I don't know, man. As as long as as we're doing this as a family, this was this is what I say to Jackie. This is what I say to my mother. Your mother. If we're, if we're gonna be in this fucking game, we gotta be number one. We gotta be the top. So you know, Zabrowski's are gonna start doing group rapes. We gotta be the best. <laughs> and if we're gonna be the best, <laughs> we're doing All right. Well, I don't want to think about your mother or Jackie. You have put them in a horrible situation. That's what they get. No, it is not what they get, nor do they deserve that. But again, if we were making lobster rolls, I would say the same thing. Okay, (laughs) exactly. Well, let's stick with lobster rolls, please. (laughs) Now, even though the Barker Carpus gang operated both during and after Prohibition, they didn't really run liquor, girls, and gambling like a lot of the other larger gangs at the time did. See, while your George Remuses, Lucky Lucianos, and Al Capones were making a killing bootlegging liquor in defiance of the Volstead Act. Mm-hmm. They were businessmen. This them. is the business we've chosen. This is where they actually served a public good. I mean, other than the fact I think you went blind the from the gym. Uh, yes. yeah, the but murder, you know. yeah, yeah. The, the extreme amounts of murder and violence that came as well, a result the, of prohibition. They, they yeah. would have just stuck with being the Anheuser-Busch of, of gangsters. That sure, yeah. Sure. But yeah. The Barker Carpus gang were straight-up violent criminals who reveled in committing violent crimes for profit, and they were extraordinarily good at what they did. They were involved in bank robberies, jewelry store heists, car thefts, payroll pilfers, and most profitably, kidnappings. Whoa. By the time they were all killed or caught, the Barker Carpus gang had stolen $3 million Woo. in merchandise and cash adjusted for inflation. That's 50 million dollars in today's cash that is that is like some gta that is grand theft auto that is a video game amount of money it more than doubles the score of the infamous Lufthansa heist of 1978. Whoa. Man, have you only done any reading to the Lufthansa heist? Lufthansa. Yeah. The Lufthansa. It's really interesting. That's a st- that's a relaxed fit one day. I know you don't like mob stories, but I love the idea of the story of a bunch of mob guys all getting together. They do this perfect plan. They rob Lufthansa of like all of this like this money exchange. All they had to do was like they basically tied up five guys. They walked out with something like. Eight million dollars. So it was twenty adjusted for inflation. It was twenty three million. It was nice. a huge amount of money. They walked it in pure cash. But then, how every like the one guy that ran it realized mm-hmm. it was like, oh fuck! I trusted all of these morons, liars, cheats, and thieves. <laughs> right. Well, that's and, the problem. Yeah. And then he killed the entire group. Oh, that yeah. That did the heights. Then he got yeah. all the money. No, he went to jail as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, it seems to be crime doesn't pay actually i don't think he ever went to jail for it he went to jail for murder later on not no. for the lufthansa heights only one person yeah. went to jail for the lufthansa height that's and right that was the yeah. man who stole the pretzel <laughs> yeah don't steal a pretzel on Thank a german you. airline you're right you're, you know what? i believe it's you're, german you're right it lufthansa? is german. yes yeah well, that fifty million dollars—they made that in four years, Whew, and you know, nice. and that doesn't sound like a long period of time. But four years is far longer than any other violent criminal gang of the Prohibition Depression era made it. None of it. Made, they made it very, very short period because they all either got killed or caught. Absolutely, and they did the berserker lifestyle, which running for four years Exhausting. as a full-on like heavy assault robbery group that kills when they can, kidnapping, high-speed chases. That's like I would say that's sixteen years. 
of normal mm-hmm. human life. Sure, yeah. they age like dogs, much like the Beagle Boys. Yep, they were dogs. And that's also yep. after they had already been solo criminals for many years before that. It's just that Barker Carpus was the most profitable venture the Barker family ever had. This Which is, is the sad, dream though, team. This, this is, is they're, they're bringing the best of the best of the best of the best. Sure, but it's just sad because it's unlike the Traveling Wilburys, which is probably <laughs> the least successful version of any one of their solo careers. That's yeah, true. Of course, Traveling Wilburys, a very unknown group with uh, Neil Young and Bob Dylan. Completely incorrect so far, but that's Fantastic. fine. Though. It's fine, though. It was fine. Now, while the Barker Carpus gang isn't solely responsible for the formation of the FBI, they were certainly one of the largest reasons behind its creation. In addition to the loot they stole, the Barker Carpus gang also killed, at minimum, 10 people, Ooh, all sheesh. in the commission of getting away with one crime or another. And those 10 people included a whole pile of cops. Now, in the FBI's eventual version of events, Kate Ma Barker basically ran a crime college, tutoring both her four sons and their friends in various criminal activities using lessons she learned from reading true crime magazines. Oh. Oh, okay. The one lesson I never got to was how to eat pussy underwater. Oh my goodness. Well, now that's extremely difficult because humans need oxygen and the water gets in your throat. And then will the vagina even feel the tongue? <laughs> well, that was supposedly Ma in private. In public, the FBI claimed, Ma Barker played the put-upon, constantly-in-crisis mother who again and again got her sons off the hook for serious crimes with nothing more than a well-placed tear and a plea to the right judge. This is the mother you want. This is really the mother you want. I mean, that's the the mother I had, to be honest. We have been talking about this in private. We we very much have been. Yes, that that mob. You can't punish Benjamin. He's a good kid. He's He's a a good good boy. boy. And she goes, I was just remembering last night with my long husband, babe. Uh But no, she's very... She is an enabler. That's why when yeah. we'll get enabler, down to... Enabler, a defender. Yes. Both. <laughs> it is both. Uh, I would say enabler is it by is far the, It is both. But yeah. she is an interesting woman because I think, uh, you know, because again, they try to paint her as the mastermind. And what we'll show you, I think, in this series, and as we go, and we'll talk about this again and again, she's not necessarily the mastermind, but she enjoyed the criminal life and she enjoyed the the entrapments. Well, as we shall see by the end of the series, while the FBI didn't need to sell the Ma Barker narrative to capture the Barker Carpus gang, they definitely had a vested interest in making sure that the public thought that Ma Barker was a dangerous criminal genius. And I don't know why they did that, except for maybe they're trying to validate the reason why, um, spoiler alert, she ended her life in a pile of blood riddled with bullets. Oh, no kidding. (laughs) Isn't that kind of fun, the way the bullets went into the blood there that was in piles? Um, I feel like also the FBI needed to validate its own existence. Very much so. So you better prop up these people and be like, they're masterminds. And it's like, I think she just took a dump in her pants. And if anything tells you a thing about the FBI, then... The next series we'll be working on shows for a fact that the CIA, the most disreputable branch of the government, didn't want to work with the FBI because they didn't trust them. Yeah. Well, it was changed a little bit after 2001. Yep. Now, the real brains behind the Barker Carpus gang 
Alvin O. Creepy Carpus. Oh, Creepy was his nickname? Oh, yeah. Oh, Creepy. creepy. Yeah, we've mentioned him. Like, this is the third time I think we've mentioned him. This is where we're finally going to get into the story of Old Creepy. They called him oh, Old Creepy. Fantastic. They called him Old Creepy because he had very creepy eyes and a creepy smile. Just looking at him made you feel uncomfortable. I wish you could look at me. He does the Herman Cain smile. Do you remember the, the slow <laughs> smile? Like, Imagine like his smile no doesn't look natural on his face. 999. Nine, no. nine. Well, I love Old Creepy, and I loved his show on PBS when he was the interviewer. Uh, I'm thinking of Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose. Charlie. I don't know what he did. Still some great interviews, but yeah, apparently he's done doing those. Yeah. Well, Old Creepy had a few choice words to say about Ma Barker's supposed criminal genius when he wrote his autobiography years later. Oh. According to Carpus, Ma Barker couldn't organize breakfast. I get oh, it, though. And that is one of the highest insults you could give to a mother, <laughs> to a mother in that era. No. Couldn't organize breakfast. She's fun, Mom. She orders pizza. She takes you to the fucking the Discovery Zone. She's fun. Pizza mm-hmm. bagels, man. You want to get your room cleaned by your friend? Tostina's pizza rolls. You bribe them. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. It's a horrible lesson. Well, Carpus said that Ma Barker was sweet and loved her sons. Probably loved him too much. (laughs) It's pretty much the last man left alive to tell the tale. Carpus said that Ma Barker ultimately spent most of her time doing jigsaw puzzles and banging dudes. Seriously, good man. For, honestly, good for her. Of This is also what's interesting, yes, because maybe there is a bit of a Yas Queen in this series. All Ma Barker did was collect dick. <laughs> Everywhere she went, she just lived the life. They get Her sons would go do all of this dirty work for her, come, bring her gifts, bring her money, and then she'd just sit on it. And then when one of her sons decided they were done with whatever dick she was sitting on, she'd be like, take him, please. And then she's done with it, man. She'd just, fuck it. we'll get to it. But mm. wow, a lot of boyfriends taken care of by these sons. She'd just yeah. get a new one. She's a penis fly trap. She yeah. absolutely collected, as Henry said. Now, most likely the truth lies somewhere in between. While Ma Barker certainly wasn't directing and organizing one of the most successful violent criminal enterprises of the early 20th century, she also probably wasn't the doddering jigsaw-obsessed biddy she's sometimes painted to be. Instead, Ma Barker seems like a woman who just fucking loved crime. Yeah. Cool. She loved that her boys were criminals. Loved she it. loved the nice clothes and lifestyle that came from crime. And Love. she especially loved it that if she got tired of a boyfriend, her boys or their associates would delight in slitting the poor bastard's throat. She's a fun girl. She's well, a fun girl. She's a party. She's a, she's a party girl. She's a part of the scene. You're gonna want to make sure that she finishes. Hey, oh <laughs> yeah, because man. that is you one better, of those. You better not be a pre-comer. You better mm-hmm. you better do exactly as she. You need says. to show up with some toys. You need to know where the clit is. And this is 1930. This is before science discovered the clit. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and that was just wooden, weird dildos. No, yes, <laughs> yeah, and it was like one of the, it had those big wheels on it yeah. and the tiny seats on it. And you know, ee, ooh, ee, ooh, ee, as it goes in and out, old-time in and out. Bicycle. Yeah, but it had a cock on the other side. Of oh, it. I see. Oh. Old timey fuck machines. Old timey fuck machines. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But even though Ma Barker was more of an accessory than a ringleader, the story of the Barker Carpus gang is still one of the most fascinating of the Prohibition Depression era, and by far one of the bloodiest. But before we get into the tale, let's acknowledge our sources today. We've got Ma Barker, America's Most Wanted Mother by Chris Enns and Howard Kazanjian for the overall story. I mean, technically, I think that's Stormy Daniels now. The Most Wanted Mother. Yeah. Stormy. I don't know if Come she on. has any children there. Lisa. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know. but her, you think maybe Lisa, Lisa Ann. No, yeah, yeah. No, it's not even Lisa Ann. It's the blonde woman that she's in all of them now. Julia. 
Grumson. Julia Grumson. <laughs> she is one of the best because she always eats blueberry muffins mm. during sex. And it comes out at the end and you're like, well, oh, I don't know. Look at that. that. Oh, I don't, I've, never, I've never gotten to the end of a porno. We've also got Public Enemies, America's Greatest Crime Wave and the Birth of the FBI by Brian Burroughs. That gives us the FBI perspective. And we've got Secret Partners, Big Tom Brown and the Barker Gang by Tom Mahoney. That's for some good old Midwestern gangland intrigue that we're going to get into in episode two. Yeah. Cool. Going to get into St. Paul, Minnesota. And how nefarious St. Paul used to be and not yeah. the home of the quilted... The quilted Afghan. You'll still die now. there. You could still die there pretty easily. I oh, yeah. Get you, Diabetes, I get you killed anywhere. heart disease. <laughs> <laughs> now, really, while Alvin Karpus was without a doubt the reason why the Barker Karpus gang was ultimately so successful, the Barker brothers were the reason why the gang was so violent and bold. Take away the Barkers from this equation, and Karpus doesn't have the guts or the grit to pull off such daring robberies and kidnappings. But take away Alvin Karpus... And the Barker boys, as we'll see in this first episode, just get caught over and over again. Barker hmm. boys, you got to add that special mix. You got to have the Bash brothers. Yeah. You got to have the fat goalie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to have that woman, girl. Sure. Are you just describing the Mighty Ducks? Yes. Okay. You need a whole team. So without further ado, let's get into the story of the Barker family, starting with the matriarch, the titular Ma Barker. Oh, wow. Titulus. Okay. Yes. Ma Barker was born close to Springfield, Missouri in 1873 with the name Arizona Donnie Clark. Wow, Although, I like that name. Donnie's yeah. a good name for a girl. I like Arizona. Yeah. I've never heard that before. You call her Zona? You call her Ari? Mm-hmm. Although she would be known throughout her life by the much less ostentatious name of Kate. It's Kate! Kate? <laughs> yeah. How'd you go from Arizona to Kate? Cut down the letters. Yeah, but they're not even, the, there's no other than the Added A. extra letters. Okay, <laughs> just totally changed the name. Fuck you. Okay. The oldest of four kids born on a farm, Kate lost her father at the age of seven and quickly gained a stepfather named Reuben. Reuben! Reuben was a police officer, and considering how he and Kate despised each other, it makes sense that she'd have a loose respect for the law. Nothing makes somebody hate the cops more than having a cop for a daddy. Yeah. Yes, well, there you go. Yeah, it seems old, like you uh, really liked your uh, liked having you liked the perks. I was scared of you my got father. HBO. Yeah, I like the got free HBO cable. For free. You got free cables. And I like the fireworks that we got. And I like that we got to walk into Shea Stadium whenever we wanted because he'd just show his badge and the guy would just kind of let him through. That was nice. We got to go in the back door of JFK one time because my oh. dad just show up. There's a lot of cool things that you can get if you have a gun. Absolutely. <laughs> <and> a badge. <laughs> Eventually, Kate grew up to be a strong and domineering woman, so it's probably not much of a surprise that she married a shy, mild, tiny little man named George Barker in 1892. Do you think that's what it is about having a big old engaging woman, like a big old woman and a tiny man? Is it really just about like riding him, riding him until he's dead? Do you mean Uh, uh, physically or emotionally? I mean both. Hmm. For some I think also there's a lot of empathetic people who just like their yin and a yang and they connect and they complete each other because he's just like, I can go and I can order the food for us, mom. Because yeah, you better. Because time guess you what? order from the restaurant, you get into a fight. So Whatever. I'll you get out go. there. You order the food. Okay. You order okay, the food. You bring I'm it back because we'll food. do the up top mouth food and then you're going to be doing the downstairs food. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'll take care of ordering the food because you, you always call the wait staff racial slurs. No, I just say the word slur okay 
Now, later conjecture would say that Kate Barker lived the typical farm girl life, busied by church, picnics, and hayrides. But in private, Kate supposedly spent most of her time reading all the latest true crime stories, obsessing over the daring felonies committed by the Dalton and James gang. You hear that, girls? You listen to this episode, you become a criminal mastermind yourself. Okay, mm-hmm. well, it's a little bit more difficult these days, isn't it? Nah, man, Bitcoin! <laughs> yeah, that's actually. Let's uh, let's end it here, yeah. and let's talk about Doge, Doge, NFT, and Bitcoin because I haven't seen my friends screaming at each other in a bar for the first time in like a decade. And tell Bitcoin, yep, wow, that seems to be it's hostile territory. It is. I just didn't mm-hmm. listen. Yeah, staying out of it. Yep, staying out of it. Yeah, specifically though, it said that Kate Barker paid special attention in those true crime magazines to what those criminals said about their mothers. Noting that yes. all of them claim to be raised by strong women who taught them how to fight. You don't understand. Okay, listen, Herbert John. You listen, okay? Because some of us, we know all it takes is to believe in you. In me. Well, this is just great, Mom. Thank you so much for the, all the advice and encouraging kill me the to, girl. to go kill, <laughs> kill the girl. girl. She's got a big mouth. Thank She's going to say a lot of shit. That's so you good. shoot her in the fucking head. That's what a great mom you are. No, at some point, again, according to wild conjecture on both the part of the FBI and true crime journalists, Kate Barker's true crime obsession bled over into reality when she figured out she could simply birth a criminal gang all her own. I'm going to make my fantasy alive with my vagina. You're not supposed to think of your womb like a human cement mixer. That's what You're not supposed do. to do like, all right, I can create an entire goddamn gang right inside of my belly. It's kind of interesting because it's the inverse of people having kids to like work the farm or yeah. join the family business. It's yeah. like this idea of being like, wow, I could be my own matriarch of a criminal gang if I just make waffles and get out of the way. Like if I just yeah. go and I and I do I organize my side of it, which is just birthing you, then mm-hmm. you guys all do the rest. You say just. It's a lot of work, though. It is. Let's respect yeah. the process. Nine months. No boys. Are you my mom? You just channeled <laughs> no my mom. For nine months, I carried you, and this uh, is carried. the thanks I get. That's the thanks she gets? That free pool? And what else have you done for her? That's what she gets. Now, it's highly unlikely that Kate Barker had children to build the gang much the same way a farmer breeds a workforce. Yes. But <laughs> when her children began showing signs of criminality, she did nothing to set them on a different path. So within nine years, Kate Barker had birthed four sons. Uh-huh. The eldest, Herman, was born in 1884, followed by Lloyd, Doc, and finally, Ma's favorite, Fred, in 1903. So is the youngest. It is. That's right. It really is. It really well, is. We're, we're you very, wouldn't know you're the oldest, Henry. Yeah, I'm I wouldn't middle. know at all. Yeah, yeah, you're the middle. Yeah. Well, you're, the, you're the middle. Oh, that's bad. It's nice though because they can make the big mistakes on the first one, and the middle one they made like the smaller mistakes, and then Jackie was allowed to do whatever she wanted. Yep. That's huh. what it works. Wow. That Trickle really down. is how it works. Yeah. Trickle down yeah. freedom. Finally. Now, these boys were said to be high-strung, mischievous children. Excellent shots, every one of them. And they soon Wait, learned... Wait, hold on. That, when did they get the guns? Immediately. Uh, very Just early. Just like right out of the womb? Oh, yeah, yeah. buddy. Yeah, okay. real okay. early. Okay. And they soon learned that no matter how much trouble they got into, 
Ma would always show up to bail them out and tell them that none of it was their fault. She is a good mother. It's hard, man. <laughs> Wait, this is again. This is where you. This is where you get a kiss hole. Really, but this is also awful, so, mother. So no, that's not. No, sometimes societal rules are not just because it's the law. Look how triggered. Mean it's moral. Look how triggered. Look how triggered he's become. But no, like this mother sometimes makes a Tiger Woods. Right, it does make like champions, but yeah. also it makes a Donald Trump Jr. Right, yeah. like it makes the two. It makes a highly ineffectual, corrupt person. So that's like, what's the other? It's like one is somebody who actually flourishes, and the other person sure. realizes, oh, they'll love me no matter what I do. So I'm just gonna scam my way through life. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good point. It can go either way. Yeah, yeah. Now, by accounts, when George Barker mildly and ineffectively tried taking guidance of his unruly sons, Ma showed a quote feline intensity that told her husband that no one but herself should be her son's mentors and in her eyes they could do no wrong i could see her just grabbing his head and just spiking it against the side of a wall and they're all like feline intensity like (laughs) whoa it's because it's just no it's it's domestic abuse from a woman okay the boys i got a call from principal what you holding hold my pocket they hold said, my pocket. They said one of our boys bit the nipple off of another boy, and then he chewed it in front of him, and he said something about how- Wait a sec. You mean my son's getting arrested for making his own bubble gum? Let me get down there and show me what these kids can do. Okay. I swing these kids so back and okay. forth, and I just knock people over back that's and forth. Okay. Yeah, he said he learned it from watching you. <laughs> To her neighbors, Ma Barker was somewhat of an unknown quantity because she rarely socialized with anyone but her one friend, Gertrude Farmer. You know, Yo, Gertrude. you tell me Gertrude isn't the best fucking friend of all time. I don't Gertrude know. is no, she's a lockbox. I don't know. You can tell Gertrude. You can tell a Gertrude anything. It is amazing to hear a woman like Ma Barker because my mom's had like a revolving set of like best friends because it's whoever is the new person that hasn't betrayed her. You know what I mean? But like, why, okay, your mom thinks people betray her because they cancel lunch. Yes, but Ma Barker, <laughs> I'm very surprised she could keep one friend for forever. That's, That's kind of Gertrude. Nice. That's yeah. a Gertrude. Yeah. With everyone else Ma Barker spoke to, she was cordial, but she rarely initiated conversation. Gotta go to her. Bit of a sphinx. Now, in 1910, just as the mischievous nature of the Barker boys was starting to turn criminal, George Barker moved his family to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, at the time, Tulsa was an oil boom town, which was good news for local hoodlums. Basically, oil boom towns introduce a large group of transient young men with a high tolerance for risk into an environment built to quickly take away the large paychecks they earn week after week. Of course, we know the quickest way to part someone from their money is vice. And with vice comes violence and crime. No, with cool. vice comes dancing and smiling. Well, it can be a lot of fun as well. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little a little sprinkle of vice in life. It's very needed. But Marcus, you fun. know, um, you know these people, right? Aren't well, these aren't these roughnecks? the roughnecks? Yeah, you know roughnecks. I mean, Isn't yeah, that like no, all over not. Texas, like a lot of young people are like 18 years old. You go work we in the oil to, and you got big yeah. money. And, we talked oh, about yeah. this quite a bit during the Billy the Kid series. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, right. no, yeah, yeah. No, I know plenty of roughnecks through, or I've known plenty of roughnecks throughout my life. But yeah, you, some roughnecks are great and some are uh, highly violent, very unpredictable individuals. Yeah, um, that's the thing. Like but that's what's else. fun. Much like oil. About high high intensity personalities i do like those types of people like people who can turn on a dime every once in a while because then it keeps a friendship fresh (laughs) yeah 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 it's not it's not unnerving and horrifying no no my sister is the best gift giver i've ever met of any person it's jackie zabrowski she shops all year thinking about 
her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right. Give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet! Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing! No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. Now, the Barker boys were townies, and Tulsa was the perfect environment for them to start their criminal career. According to the FBI, though, this is also where Ma Barker decided to enact her plan of creating her home-brewed gang. I think that <laughs> we got 50-50 here. I think it's a bit of a chicken and the egg. I think that she, 
she wanted to feel a sense of status. I think yeah. that very early on, Ma Barker had a sense of status that she wanted to achieve. That she sure. looked at her environment and she's like, Gertrude's fine because Gertrude makes me feel fancy. Right, like it's like fantastic. She boosts me. She yes. boosts me. She's my ally. She's my number one. Right, and then everything else. She's your ride her, or die, sir. I've heard that, and she is the type of person that realized when she looked at her sons, like like mm, they're not good at a lot. They're not good at a lot, but they no. do seem they have a lot of energy. And I just <laughs> wanted like I want them to do whatever they can do, but like also realizing oh we're in this boomtown. Money is what makes the world go around, and it's not about just going sick and doing all this fucking oil work. That's dangerous and stupid and long. There's other ways you can make money. Mm-hmm. Well, from what J. Edgar Hoover later claimed, the Barker home in Tulsa became a meeting place for local ne'er-do-wells, a crime school that trained young punks in the art of felonious behavior before sending them out to wreak havoc on the polite world. That's too organized to make sense. Yeah. yeah you just <laughs> see him putting lipstick all over his face, just thinking about it. Criminals hate school. Yeah. Well, you can go to crime school. Now, supposedly, Ma would hang back, and for a fee, she would act as a boy's alibi if he was ever caught for the crime. Ah, cool. Yeah, he she... was inside of me the whole time. <laughs> oh, God. Nine months, I carried uh... <laughs> She also allegedly provided the names and addresses of people she believed had more than they deserved and can therefore <laughs> part with some of their possessions. I actually don't disagree with that idea of her. I don't think that that's outside of the parameters of Ma Barker. Oh, yeah. You had that person has more than they deserve. Go steal it from them and bring yes. it back to me because yes. I deserve it for what? Doing it's nothing? That's for me. <laughs> okay. In reality, though, there was no crime school filled with hoodlums and thieves doing the bidding of a matriarchal mastermind. Instead, the Barker boys were just a group of young punks who hung out at the public park in Tulsa. Do you think that if this was a different time, they'd do skate vids? I don't they think they skateboarded skate yet. I don't think skateboarding was invented no, yet. No, that's what I'm in saying. A different time. It was a different time. Do you think if they had skateboards then, we'd have gangsters? Hmm. Probably you think maybe that's why crime went down in the 90s? Because skateboarding uh, got, got by? <laughs> no, yes. skateboarding was a crime. That's what I'm saying. But then you flipped it around and all of a sudden now skateboarding is not a crime. And so therefore you flip everybody that used to be a criminal being a skateboarder to being somebody very creative. I remember when every parent thought if their kids watched the X Games, they were going to be gay. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, I don't know. It's sponsored by Mountain Dew. <laughs> Well, at the public park, the Barker boys met other young hoodlums with like minds, and eventually they formed their first horde, named after the place where they all met. They called themselves the Central Park Gang. Whoa, cool. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Now the Central Park Gang will just uh, suck your dick for $10. Well, isn't that nice? No, that's the Bramble Boys. Mm, The Bramble Boys. (laughs) Now, I suppose it is tempting to think that Ma Barker was raising her four sons to be criminals because all four did indeed become violent felons, if not straight up murderers, if the situation called for a killing. But really, it just seems like it all started with Herman Barker, the oldest. And once he started getting in trouble, every brother after him followed, all because Ma Barker always came to the rescue. I think it's my it might have been just because he set the example of how a person lives that yeah. like sometimes people do just like you know you look at your family and now like Herman started doing all of this criminal activity right they look at him and they're like what if like I don't know like maybe that's the way to go like yeah it seems like well, mom's old, into it my older brother did musical theater and then when I was a senior in high school I also did a play see and you played 
I was in Babes in Arms. I played a character. I wasn't cast in it, but the person they cast broke his leg. Whoa, so, so you just got, got in? Then I got in. How'd they find you at the well, end? I auditioned. I just didn't get cast in Oh, what did uh. you audition with? Myself, with my voice <laughs> in my head. Did you sing a song? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what song you sang? And there she goes down the road. <laughs> Is this the song? Butt You're just making stuff up. You don't remember anything little before toes, two weeks ago. Little toes. I blame the teacher. There she goes with her little toes. He has not been right since he started his song was over January this year. Hey, man, it changes your brain, dude. It does. I couldn't have come up with little toes if I was all beer logged. No. You're right. Little toes, little toes. No, I might. I, you know what? I might write a musical accompaniment to Little Toes. I'd Please, love, I, that's I'd, very good. I'd lo- for the stream. I would, I would love to do a collaboration with you for Dry January, Ben. Yes. Woo! I'm already getting work. Making See? content. It's flipping. It's only been 11 days since no alcohol, and I already got a new gig. See, that's See? right. That's it's right. It's happening and right it, in front of our ears. Oh yeah, ma'am. And you'll get all the royalties. Yes. Oh. Fucking Little Toes is going to be so big. It could yeah. be. I'm here. I get a third. You know that. No matter what. That's Whenever right. you guys touch, I, I, know, I know, I know, I know. Well, Herman was the first Barker boy arrested, going down for attempted robbery at the age of 16. In that instance, he'd gone into a drugstore and hid in the basement so he could spring out after closing time. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> but was instead discovered in possession of burglar tools by a clerk before the doors were even locked. Can I ask a question? Because now there's several people that do get arrested in the story for burglar tools. Do you know what they mean by burglar tools? Is it just like a crowbar and something else? Like, how do they look at you and say, oh, these are burglar tools? Yeah, these are yeah. definitely going to burgle. There's nothing else you could do with these. You know, yeah, yeah, it's like... It yeah, because, like rope- well, Ted Bundy, was he was uh, arrested for owning burglar tools. Yes, like, I think that was the first tools. time he got arrested. Yeah, so it's, yeah, rope, crowbar, uh, si- like acid, like, you know, acid to burn stuff. A woman's sure. dress. Dress, mm-hmm. um, a big cat costume, so you can pretend to be a cat. Well, that might be good, actually. Yeah, no, that's not that's not who we're looking for. That's a cat. Yeah, and then you and you're like, I simply couldn't rob. I'm a lady. And wow. you, just, you have a big floppy hat on, and the cops like, it's a nice outfit. And then all of a sudden, he's taking pictures with him. You're you're there, and all of a sudden, you're you're dressed as this lady, yep. and you got to go back to his house, and you got to pretend yeah. to be a lady by like tucking it back, and then like you know only showing him your butthole, and then that's mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're his wife. I think oh, that's yeah. how James Corden got the Late Show. That's the only <laughs> way possible. Yeah, always going by the principle: all cats can talk. Most cats, Most cats won't, won't talk. talk. <laughs> 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 Love that sketch. Love that sketch. But in a scene that will play out about a dozen times during the course of this episode, Ma Barker pled with the authorities, telling them that none of Herman's actions were really his fault. It's not his fault. Well, whose fault is it? The wind. <laughs> the wind. I blame the pharmacy for being so robbable. Oh. It's like big breasts. How are you not supposed to motorboat them? Yeah. All right, Ma. As a result, Herman was released to commit more crimes. Now, he tried going straight for a bit, getting a job as a cook in Springfield, Missouri. But there, he was arrested for assault and was again sprung after Ma cried Herman to freedom. I know, I know my son, he walks normally with two fists in front of him. (laughs) And that person must have walked into his hands. I know my son, look at these. Oh my! These, yeah, oh my! Yeah. I snap it back and forth. Wow, that's horrifying. Well, you said he was a chef. I mean, aren't they supposed to assault a cook? A cook. He's a cook. He's not a chef. He's, He's a, a cook. 
but uh, you said he got uh, busted for assault. Well, maybe <laughs> they was just trying to flavor the food. Uh, <laughs> they would have got him for a pepper if there was evidence. Yeah, they got him for assault instead. <laughs> that is great. Instead. That is fucking great. Yeah, I wish, I wish we could get him for a guacamole over I here. I want to get him. <laughs> some guacamole over here. I'm done. Well, authorities agreed to spring Herman just as long as he returned to Tulsa. But within months, Herman came back to Springfield to burglarize jewelry stores. He was again caught, but this time he was sentenced to four years in prison, where he met another criminal with the appropriate name, Ed Kahn. You have to be a criminal. That's yeah. amazing. You yeah. have a to be a criminal, a car salesman, or a pilot for some reason. Maybe. Hmm. Now, one thing you got to know about the Barker boys is that they were physically very small. Oh, they were? Capable. Yes. I always small. thought they were huge. No, very None small. of them, none of them were above five foot five. What? Yep. Yeah. They were, most of them were five Why foot four. Why does that make them scarier? It's like a roaming gang of chihuahua pit bulls. It is a roaming <laughs> gang of me. They're all Whoa. fucking, they're, it's rogues. Mm-hmm. That's why dwarf rogue is really good character to play in D&D. Yeah. And the Barker gang would use their small stature to their advantage time and again. Now, luckily, Ed Kahn was also a tiny boy. So Ed and Herman hid in a small airlock-type cage between the cells and the jail bullpen so they could jump out and surprise their jailer. Like ghoulies. <laughs> just yeah. I'll just be like, can you stop jumping out at me, please, yeah, little man. person? Sometimes. If stop doing this. Us as a bunch of little people, honestly, we should all get together and we act like gremlins. No one can stop us. What are you going right. to do? Too I, much fun. I know. That's right. They leapt out at just the right moment, <laughs> grabbed three revolvers from the jailer's office, and fled. Herman Barker back to Tulsa, and Ed Kahn disappeared to the mists of time. Never heard of him again. Well, a few months later, Herman teamed up with another criminal to rob a jewelry store, a pool hall, and a clothing store in Billings. But Jeez. since this was higher profile, Herman was caught in Columbus, Montana. This was, whole story, <laughs> this whole story is filled with the famous name of a city in another state in that another, it doesn't belong in. Columbus, Montana. Yeah. Columbus, Columbus, Montana. Columbus didn't even come close to Montana. No. Nope. I mean, he didn't come close to America, but he at least in like he was near mm. Cleveland. Yeah, and he was therefore sentenced to 6 to 12 years, making oh, wow. him the first Barker boy to do a long stretch in the joint. While Herman cooled his heels momentarily, the other three Barker boys were, one by one, becoming reckless, dangerous criminals in their own right. Just like my brother! Yeah. On Independence Day 1918, Arthur Barker, a.k.a. Doc, stole a Ford Roadster from the front of a federal building in Muskogee, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> the car theft was quickly followed by an arrest. And while Ma Barker planned to do the same song and dance routine begging for her son's freedom. I'm a slave for you. <laughs> no, Ma. <laughs> no, no, no. You're gonna fight it. I'm a slave. Yeah. That's a pretty good rendition of a song that comes out in 90 years. Come on. Yeah, that's pretty good, though. <laughs> Duck escaped jail before Ma could finish her routine. Doc was recaptured, but this time waited for his mother to convince police to let him go. Mom, do you think you could try and do the slave for you? <laughs> dance again for these cops? Just one more time, please. I got you a snake. Slave! Ah, Mom Barker, you were amazing. To be fair, he could have just said, all cars look the same back then. So what if you don't know it's your car? He you was, know? Like, he was a, like a 15-year-old dirtbag. Yeah. 
from a different city. He wasn't ready. These, you remember, he's just getting his bones right now. They're all yeah. just learning he's the learning. criminal ropes right now. Yeah. Now remember, Ma Barker, she'd go in, she'd do the cry and cry routine, get the boys out of jail. She did it again and again and again. And this may or may not be true, but decades later, a filing clerk remembered once watching Ma Barker leave jail with what he called an old lady gate. Come now, come now, let's go. Just me and my best friend going to the bakery oh. alley. I'm not an improv comedian. That's I'm great. not one. No, indeed you're not. But after she was out of sight of the cops, she transformed from a feeble grandmother type to a rather spirited hearty woman. Uh, that's what my grandmother used to do when my Oma was in town because my American grandmother, she used to have the wheelchair or she used to have the uh, the walker, but she never needed the walker. No, she no, really no, no, no. Same thing with my grandmother. She never and needed the, the walker. And then as soon as my Oma would show up, she would be like, oh, spry because she was competition. Yes, it's no, weird how intriguing. that happens. But then my grandmother's pants would always just, again, fall down even when she was sitting. So. Just like her grandson. Yep. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? Chris. Yeah, my brother, my brother. No, we keep our pants on. We're a pants family. I don't know. I've seen him in some <laughs> outfits. I've seen your Instagram likes. <laughs> well, Ma was also, according to the FBI, romantically involved with various Tulsa neighborhood criminals because they all subscribe to the same loose morals. Hey, man, fun people. <laughs> fun people. Once speakeasies became popular in the 1920s, one could supposedly find Ma Barker spending her time with any scalawag who happened to come along, just so long as they bought her drinks and treated her like royalty. And that's one thing me and Ma okay. Barker have in common. Yeah, I mean, they're treating her great. They're buying her drinks. Why buying not? her drinks, man. I'll provide the company and the tits. Leave mm -hmm. her, let her have some fun. Staying in the romance realm, Ma Barker was also said to be extremely jealous anytime one of her sons brought a woman around, hmm. telling all the new gals that her sons would eventually turn on them, all so she could keep her boys to herself. That it's a is weird, isn't it? That's very, I don't know what it is about moms who do this, but I weird. recognize this behavior. This idea of like them hanging out and like him taking a piss, just being like, you ain't gonna be around for very long. That's scary. Yeah. That's like uh, what was the the little nerd boy from the movie It? Well, especially in the 1990s version, where the mom was very overprotective. Yes, mm. yes, but she's weird. This is she, battery acid, you slime. She de <laughs> she definitely has an obsession with her sons. Why yes. would anyone like? Obviously, you're supposed to love your children. I get that, but like, there always has to be like, I still wish you weren't here. Yeah, it's what like, I there think. has to be that undercurrent of like, you know, life. It would be kind of nice if we were just together alone again without the kids. Yes, but yeah. they were but also then just they, as attached to her as she was attached to them, but kind of uh, maybe in and out. Do you think it's one of those things like you know they say that some women have orgasms when they have a baby oh and they goodness. and they get and they That's actually funny. have to they, because it get, make, gives them good feelings so they sure. have another baby do you think maybe her orgasms were too strong when she had babies and that it like she imprinted on the babies the only time she ever squirted is when she gave birth is what you're saying maybe well maybe. all I know is if you are a man and you're in the room with your wife or your girlfriend or the random woman you that you knocked up. Don't you say you th pleasure the woman no. while they're giving birth. If they orgasm, you, what do you do? You also orgasm. <laughs> so as a, as a compliment. So what as do you do? A, because then otherwise they feel alone. But how do you do like, that? <laughs> but yeah, how do you know it's pain? And then the guy's like, orgasm. oh, honey, don't worry. I will orgasm with you. But listen, okay. like, how do you tell whether or not she <laughs> orgasms? Do you have to go... Did you go? Did you, <laughs> Do you go? call it going? You, you go already? And then you have to go like, I guess my turn then. 
bring my daughter over here. No, no, you have to masturbate. That's what I mean. Yeah, you have to masturbate, but you also have to masturbate on the sly so as to not make the nurses uncomfortable. Nurses have seen it all. They really have. Yeah. Now, after Doc Barker was released from his first trial, I'm, I'm here with you, boys. I'm here yeah. with you. <laughs> no, honestly, nurses, I can't even. Ugh. No, that's going to be your they've future seen, wife. They've seen a lot. Yeah. Now, after Doc Barker was released from his first arrest, he stole two more roadsters and found himself back in the Tulsa County Jail. From there, he and 17 other prisoners escaped on Valentine's Day 1920 using a handsaw and sulfuric acid. These guys are really crazy. It's really crazy how like they all like jumped in. They were so hard to keep a hold of. They they have these instincts immediately. They're they're so aggressive. After cutting through the cell doors, the prisoners made their way to the roof where they found a 130-foot rope waiting for them, which they used to shimmy down the side of the building to freedom. Now, no one knows for sure who got the boys these implements to escape, but some historians do actually think, you know, like a fucking legend aside, that Ma Barker probably did participate in at least delivering the implements. This is what I'm saying. She is not innocent. She no. is a part of She's this game. She's helping her family. Yes. She's helping her kids out. Now, Doc was caught again five days later, but this time, Ma Barker pleaded directly to the owner of one of the roadsters. You she, know that this is a dumb painted car. You know that well, it's, it's bad. Well, it's a very fancy car. My son have it. You just need to let him have it. She wrung her hands, sobbed, and made the car owner so uncomfortable that he withdrew his complaint just to get her out of the room. Get out away from me. Get away from me. Dude, I'm looking at a 1920 Roadster. These cars are freaking dope. They are really cool. Yeah, cool. I like They're roadsters. Great. Yeah, those were the cars that uh, I think Clyde Barrow preferred roadsters. Oh, because nice. The, the, at this, because this is the time when cars are actually starting to get really fucking fast. Did uh, you still have to crank up the the top? No, of it? I don't no, know. No, a roadster because that's one of the advantages that roadsters had at this time, especially when no you crank. start getting into the mid 20s, is because you could just hop in, just turn the key, uh, and you had a V8 engine under the hood and these fucking roadsters these things could haul ass comparatively at least but every cop in america most of them were still driving fucking model t's that you did Uh have to crank and that went barely you know what fucking 40 miles an hour but that's why the barrel gang lasted for as long as they did was because of clyde's driving skills his fame driving skills and the idea of being able to outrace the cops Mm mm-hmm Meanwhile, Herman Barker had been released from state prison in Montana on parole and had tried going straight by getting a job as a dishwasher. No, man, that is not the job that's going to make you go straight. The only job that's going to make you go straight literally is like I test ice cream at the roller coaster (laughs) factory. You know, like it's got to be something fun. I don't think think that's a job or being like a rock star. Yeah, Yeah, but that's also that didn't even exist. Super easy job to get a hold of. I'm just saying. Like, it's very difficult to go from Marcus I Rob dishes. Yeah, but look yeah. at it. He got out of it immediately. And honestly, now yeah, that we never, know, now that he, he knows what he knows about his career and what I wa- when I watched Marcus as a dishwasher, let's all face it. Okay, let's face he it. He was good at it. He didn't have his art in it. Right? Yeah, I thought, well, I thought he had his art in it. I saw him do it. I, I saw him. I, yeah, I mean, he did I saw it well him do, enough. Do, yeah, he did. He washed the dishes. Yeah, you I ever mean, see a grain of, do you ever see any dirt on the dishes? I didn't really inspect them. I mean, I definitely, I really our, our friend Madeline, Madeline definitely came to the back and yelled at me a couple of times for taking a smoke, one smoke break too many. But, you know, yeah. I did okay otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you weren't like a dishwasher at heart. No, no. <laughs> so you have to smoke. It's a dishwasher. Yes, you, you have to smoke. Do. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, by summertime, however, 
prohibition had begun, and Herman got in on the ground floor by working with a bootlegging gang out of Minnesota. But as I said, bootlegging was never really a business that the Barker boys cottoned to. And by September, Herman and another convict robbed a jewelry store for $4,000 in merchandise. The accomplice got away, but Herman was once again arrested. What is wrong with him? He's just not he's, good at he's getting crazy. away. He's, not, I mean, good he's not good at it. He's not good at it yet. Now, despite being below five foot five, Herman was known as a highly intimidating inmate in prison. He always wore a scowl and barely spoke without cursing, and across his chest was a rather disturbing tattoo that read... A boy's best friend is his mom. That's (laughs) truly how you avoid attention in prison. Oh, no. A boy's best friend is his mom. Yeah, man. That was the tattoo he had on his chest? On his his chest. God, what is wrong with these people? He loved his mom and he was bad at crime. I don't even know what my mom would do if I showed up with that tattoo. Well, for the jewelry store robbery, Herman was sentenced to 10 years in prison. But after Ma Barker wrote an impassioned letter to the parole board telling a lie that George Barker was sick and couldn't work, Herman came back home. This is so good. She's so good at it. She really is good at it. very good. I think a boy's best friend is his mom. I mean, I'm starting to think, I think think you might be right. Especially if all your other friends died in (laughs) 9-11. Yeah. Doc, meanwhile, was arrested again, this time in Coweta, Oklahoma, after he and a small group of thieves tried robbing a bank by digging a tunnel with picks, shovels, and nitroglycerin they'd stolen from a hardware store. The plan had been for two men to watch in the alley behind the bank while the other two dug the hole. But Doc and his buddies made the mistake of dressing too well. Oh! The cops were suspicious when they saw four dudes in business suits hanging around a back alley in the middle of the night. So they searched the guys. Yeah, man, that's exactly who's fucking suspicious, man. They always say, like, I'm suspicious with my mesh shirts and my no pants on. (laughs) When meanwhile, like, I think a bunch of guys in suits need to be rolled around by the police. Oh, good point. I learned a lot about bank robbers. I interviewed Larry Lawton, America's number one bank robber. I'm sorry, jewelry store robber. And he has some great YouTube videos. I interviewed him on Top Hat. And he has one video about how to do it, how to properly case. And these guys did make some massive mistakes. Mistakes. We should go rob someone. Ghost. Well, we are not going to be good at it. My, no. <laughs> it really requires. <laughs> I'm the man. It requires like you actually have to be kind of smart. Hmm. Yeah, you do. You have, you to, have know to be people. very. Uh, you have to have attention to detail. Something that yes, none of us that's really not have. Me. He talks about the no. detail. That's don't go me. in. Mm-hmm. If someone's in there. I could, don't rob man. a store when someone's in there. No need. You have I'm an extra person. Man. Wait till they leave. I'm the distraction. Number one. When the search, cops found four pistols and all their burglary implements. So Doc Barker briefly went back to jail. Again, though, Ma was quite convincing, so Doc was set free while his accomplices went to prison. Wow! So she, the accomplice, she really was the difference. Yep. Yeah. In the early days, yeah, she really was. Now, by this point, Ma Barker had gotten Doc and Herman out of half a dozen crimes, if not more, and there was still plenty of pleading left in her future. The son she wasn't able to help, however, was her second son, Lloyd. It's hard to help a Lloyd. Yeah. Nicknamed Red because he had red hair. Sure. Lloyd was more of a follower than an instigator. And while the other Barker boys could seemingly get out of anything, Lloyd went down and stayed down on his very first arrest. In June of 1921, Lloyd and four other members of the Central Park gang robbed a mail wagon in Kansas, reaping $3,000 in Liberty Bonds. Mm. After fleeing, the gang was caught while trying to steal a car in Miami. 
And remember, Miami, Oklahoma. Miami, Oklahoma. Yeah, there's also a Miami, Texas, except you say it Miami. Yeah, Miami. I know that. Mm -hmm. That is like, can just imagine being like, we're going on vacation. Spring break is going to be amazing this year. We got tickets to Miami. They were super cheap for some reason. I have no idea why. Oklahoma. (laughs) And then you show up and then it's immediately like, I don't think they have a plantain here. Oh. (laughs) Interestingly and tragically for Lloyd, Ma Barker did not use the same tactics that had worked for Doc and Herman. Possibly because Lloyd was one of her favorites, Ma lost her head a little bit. She was stern and domineering instead of pitiful and sympathetic. She demanded that her son be let loose because he'd done nothing wrong. You get him out of there right now. That is my son. (laughs) I made that boy. Ma, I really I have milk for him. Yeah, I remember when you used to sing for us, but now you're just screaming at him. I will have my son. Okay. (laughs) This was very much the wrong move, because instead of letting him go, the judge moved Lloyd to another jail further away, found him guilty, and sentenced him to 25 years in Leavenworth Penitentiary, where Lloyd shared grounds with Carl Panzram. Whoa! Oh my God. So what are you in for? I rape everything. (laughs) I will break you on the floor of my dark imagination. I rubbed a jewelry store. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of cute compared to what you did with everyone. Let's just skip ahead of all the pleasantries and get to the rape. Oh, yeah. Now, while he was in prison, and this is something, this is why people say, why Henry's making so many mom has sex with the son's jokes. And this is really the only reason why that people have this rumor. As if he needed a reason to make those jokes, but this is nice to actually give them a, to give give them a home is kind of nice. People Mm -hmm. joke about me. People say, oh, Henry, oh, he's crass. I come up with jokes, educated jokes from the Mm -hmm. source material. Yes. This is all written, put together. I'm a master. I'm a master. At historical yeah. jokes. You've been in prison for 25 years. You're in solitary confinement oh, right now. Oh, this has all been a fantasy yeah. of my deranged mind. Reportedly, Lloyd wrote letters to his mother in a tone that was described as almost sexual by Detective Harrison <laughs> Moreland, writing for Master write? Detective. He was writing for Master Detective magazine. Well, Detective Harrison Moreland was. He said that uh, he t- the tone in the letters was like uh, a sweetheart. Like, you know, you would think that he was writing to his girlfriend and not his mother. And this, of course, led to speculation that Ma Barker had sexual relations with her sons, but only her second and fourth, never her first or third. Yeah. Is that a compliment or a diss to the third and first? It's you. There, the implication is that they would have if she wanted to, mm. but the knowledge comes <laughs> from the fact that the second and fourth kids were her favorites. Uh, but again, no proof here. At well, least it's just a little disgusting. Yeah, there's it's no pictures nice, of her like sucking her son's dick or anything like well, that. Well, it's a different time. I you mean, have to bring somebody in. You have the big old cameras <laughs> and stuff. It's it's just different. Rule thirty four. You don't know what happens out there now. I don't know uh, what kind of content like that is out there true. now. I'm certain That's there is some. Oh, no, Ma, what are you doing? Oh, Oh, no, Ma, what's happening? Stop with all that stuff, please, God. But to wrap up Lloyd's story, he was sentenced to 25 years in prison, did most the fucking time, was granted parole in 1938, worked as a cook in a prisoner of war camp in Michigan during World War II, and was murdered by his wife in 1949 during a mental break. She pled not guilty by reason of insanity and died in 1986 at the Colorado State Insane Asylum. It's really his story is interesting. No, she murdered him. Like, it's a very interesting story. By his wife. 
Yeah. And it's what? very interesting because it's it's this crazy end because he did manage to kind of like go straight and do the shit. And he was the last surviving Barker boy. And you said the end. And so when wow. she shot him, it, it was kind of it was a scandal. Uh, but it, it is. It. Yeah. Yeah, like all the neighbors, it, it was like they'd all been like they were as surprised as they could be as if, if you said like D.B. Cooper was my next door neighbor. Like yeah. they all freaked out like, holy shit, a Barker boy was living here this entire wow. time. They didn't even hear anything. Not even not even on a full moon. They didn't hear him. No. Hmm. A Barker with the barking and the dogs. The dog, dogs I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and... I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God, I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list. With Babbel. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. So that's one Barker brother down, three to go. Now, up to this point, the Barker boys had committed a lot of crimes, but had never seriously hurt anyone, or at least they had never been charged with hurting anyone. That, however, changed on August 26th, 1921, in the commission of a safe robbery. That night, Doc and his accomplices planned to yeg the safe at the Fuller Construction Company in Tulsa, but they were intercepted by a 68-year-old night watchman named Thomas Sherrill. Mm. Without a moment's thought, Doc and his accomplice pulled their pistols and fired, killing Cheryl with a shot to the chest and a shot to the head. Oh, he already made it to 68, which is like 120 in that era. Yeah, man. He had Mm -hmm. such a good long life. He should have retired at 65. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard, man. I just, you know what's funny? I don't necessarily worry about dying as a murder victim. I just worry about dying as a murder victim as an old man. I don't Seriously. Be, I it's don't just, you made kill. it so wanna, long. Yeah, know? I don't want to make it to 75 and then get murdered. Yeah. I really don't. I just no. like, or be a part of like some massive, like, you know, the the great molasses explosion too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where there's a new giant molasses <laughs> explosion that, that actually like, happened recently. A sugar factory or something like, I don't want to die in like, you know, like a, a fun new thing that OSHA no. then has to create a bunch of new rules for. <laughs> no, I don't want to. It reminds me of that documentary, fantastic documentary, Orion. Oh, yes. All about oh, the Elvis Orion's impersonator, wonderful. the man who took yeah. over for Elvis, mm-hmm. uh, prolonging the myth that Elvis was still alive, but a fantastic doc. Saying taking over for Elvis, that's a bit of a stretch. That's what that's what they wanted him to do. He yeah. stole so <laughs> he did not steal this. He did not steal it. We'll see. No, check out the doc. Watch the doc again. I watch it every night. No. Did you watch, watch the doc again? I watch it every night. You watch it every night? <laughs> oh, no, I watched it once. <laughs> you didn't even remember what song you sang in the high school audition that you oh, did for the one musical. Little toes, little toes. There she goes walking away. Wish she was walking towards me today, but turns out. Keeps going. His fake song keeps going. <laughs> turns out. Little Toes got a scramble. Little Toes got a scramble. Well, it took police months to catch up with Doc Barker. But once they did, even Ma Barker's copious tears could not get her son out of a murder charge. He was found guilty and was subsequently sentenced to life at the Oklahoma State Prison. Now, according to FBI reports that probably aren't true, Ma became obsessed with getting Doc out of jail and was, at the time, working to expand the membership of the Central Park gang with her two remaining sons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's just her and her two kids. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that she was trying to expand the gang. I think that she no. was... Yeah, I don't think that that is a part of this. I think that she... Like, she just was happy that her... She had some sons still burglarizing things. Okay. Yeah. But even if Ma wasn't hatching a master plan, Doc eventually 
would be released. He would get out of a life sentence and it would be sooner rather than later. In the meantime, though, there was still Herman and Ma's youngest and favorite son, little Fred. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah, little Freddy. Fred's cute. Little yeah. Fred. Freddy Freaka. <laughs> yeah. Ah! Freddy Freaka. Freddy Freaka. Being the youngest, Fred wanted nothing more than to follow in his brother's criminal footsteps. And as such, his criminal career also started in car theft. But Fred's first interaction with the cops got him a bullet in the leg. Hey, Ooh. man, you got to learn early. These guys also got shot a lot. Yeah, okay. man. That's the thing, too, about all of these gangland types. They all get shot mm-hmm. multiple times and just keep coming back. Seems like you yeah. could, at that era, seems like you could die from a bullet in the leg infection and all so. that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. You could. You definitely could. The next year, Fred and six other Central Park gang members robbed another mail truck near, again, Miami, Oklahoma. Soon after, Fred and another outlaw robbed $600 from a group of men playing poker at an auto repair shop in Tulsa. For the poker heist, cops tracked Fred down and shot him in the hand after he surrendered, presumably for talking shit. That's why yep. someone gets shot after they get surrendered. Right I imagine. Surrender. I imagine. Yeah, yeah okay. surely, especially this time period and now. Well, all right. Mm-hmm. He was sentenced to five years in a reformatory, got released after just two, and was immediately arrested again for robbing a bank and forging a money order. He just kept going. They, were just, they weren't Give it good. a break. They Relax. weren't good. But Take he, a breather for a second. But it's like, I guess, in show business. Where you just love it so much, you keep coming back, you no matter how many times you get rejected. Yeah, yeah but it's totally different because they're robbing stuff. I'm saying, you know, mm. it sometimes acting feels like highway robbery. It really yeah. does. It's around this time. I mean, that's the thing. We're we've been talking about Ma Barker this entire this time. time, right? George Barker is still there. He's this just in the house. Out. The quiet yeah. husband. The quiet husband okay. is just hanging out, like watching his homicidal kids and his homicidal <laughs> inclined wife you all know, just do all I of this not shit. Gonna lie. That is fun. You it have your PBRs. You just <laughs> sit there and like, what you guys working on? Another robbery, huh? Oh, no, my family just, is crazy. You become Jim Jones's father. <laughs> well, you just sit there and watch everyone kind of have fun. You have chaos all around you. He hated it. He was mm. overwhelmed with it because he was not a criminal himself. Mm. Uh, and he was also overwhelmed with his inability to do anything about it because he was very <laughs> shy. He was very quiet. Oh. And his sons were fucking psychopaths. Put down the Tommy guns. I oh, just, <laughs> just, If you would uh, all just um, uh, with your robberies. and Oh, if everyone could just can't we all just sit around the radio and imagine Indians. <laughs> I just I, I know it's not. A, I, well, yes. <clears throat> hey, dad. Yes. What is this? Oh, your dick is out of your pants. (laughs) I hate this. You idiot. I hate this family. (laughs) You look at my dick. I hate it. I made that dick. (laughs) Yeah. Look like yours, Dad. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Well, George just cut his losses. He just packed yeah. up and moved to Joplin, like, Missouri. He's I'm like, I'm fucking done with this. I would rather be in Hurricane or Tornado Alley than live in this family. Yes. Yeah. Well, Ma, it said, was largely indifferent to George's exit because all she really cared about was her boys and what sort of excitement their criminal activity could bring her way. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, by the time George left, prohibition enforced by the Volstead Act had been in effect for about six years. Boo. 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 As a result, 
Bootlegging had produced the biggest crime wave America had ever seen, both in terms of people breaking the law by drinking alcohol and in terms of bootleggers committing heinous crimes in the pursuit of selling alcohol. Sweet, sweet booze, man. Don't ever take it from me. Oh, Don't yeah. you take it from me, government. No, no one's taking it from you. And while the Barkers never really got into bootlegging, as I said, the resources that the federal government spent enforcing the Volstead Act and in fighting the new scourge of organized crime, that meant that the authorities were stretched extremely thin. Ooh. It's almost like something called the War on Drugs. War on mm -hmm. Drugs. Where they, and it didn't do anything. Well, and then they were still corrupt. It ruined a lot of lives. It did. It ruined yeah. a lot of well, lives. It made a lot of money for some people, too. And, then, mm -hmm. and including the government as well, selling illegal drugs illegal. in order to make money for their black budget like mm -hmm. operations yeah big pharma thank you for all the death so it's in this environment that the barker boys started committing crimes together starting with a bank robbery in washington arkansas in december <laughs> <What>? of 19 <laughs> that's how it is <laughs> in december of 1925 remember i'm from a town called rochester texas it just right. happens out there I know. And they're lazy. always way worse than the original city worst because version, I mean because Rochester, Texas, some somehow is worse than Rochester, New York. Yeah, I don't know how nobody there. Although Miami, Oklahoma, I bet you there's like a dive that's really fun. I bet you have a good night in Miami, Oklahoma. Yeah, know. there's like 500 people there. There's no you got to have there's one least, place that would be fun. You got to have at least three. That's the role of Texas. You got to have at least three thousand people to really support a bar, and even then, it's only going to go for two or three years before everyone gets too drunk and weird, and you have to close it again. That's what? so sad. Yeah, it's like a Facebook yeah. group. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that December 25 robbery, one gang member was shot during the getaway, but the boys still came away with $7,000. They almost got caught when Fred tried exchanging some of the stolen coins for cash in Okmulgee, Oklahoma. But since there was no physical proof connecting Fred to the robbery, he got away once again. By 1926, Herman and Fred began building their gang even larger to pull off even more impressive heists. Along with six other Central Park gang members, Herman and Fred stole cash, jewels, and other merchandise, totaling $100,000 in just three months. Damn. That totals in today's value... $1.5 million. Yeah, dog. They're really starting. Now they're starting to like get a hold. Yeah, they're trying they're to catch on. Time money, trying to figure man. out how to do it. Herman and Fred, using their diminutive size and hoping to avoid complicating violence, gained entry into stores through crawl spaces or by cutting a small hole in the roof and dropping through the ceiling. It's why Jet Li is crucial. <laughs> he's mm -hmm. crucial in the heist. And you have to remember, yeah, like, that's, true. that's why he's, and also when it comes down to it, anytime you could put a big hat on him, give him a big lollipop, they're kids. They're kids. Tom Cruise, <laughs> absolutely. Mission, mission was possible mm -hmm. because he was so tiny. Oversized pants, like they're walking around in their father's clothes and they go like, me, my mommy with my daddy. And it isn't right. too late until all of a sudden they're like, buck -a -buck -a -buck -a -buck -a fucking lighten you up with a bunch of Tommy. Fantastic. The only slip-up was when Herman dropped a hat at one of the crime scenes, which police tracked back to Herman through the store where he bought it. But after a well-placed bribe paid for by those same robberies, Herman was set free after five days in jail. That's okay. what we call capital. Capital. And yeah. we now understand <laughs> is that if you use this to foster, because it was we'll get to in the second episode, the Barker gang, they paid everybody off as soon mm -hmm. as they could. They were job Creators. Creators. Honestly, yeah. grease the wheels, give the money. You got to. I got mean, to. 
No, the Barker gang very quickly failed. Like once Alvin Carpus came into it, they figured out that the way you stay out of jail is by making friends with the establishment. Makes you sense. get into cor- corruption. That's yeah. where the money corruption. is. Corruption. Oh, yeah. Not in your petty fr- vandalism. No. Absolutely. Fred, however, was not as lucky as Herman in getting out of these crimes. After being caught with the exact same amount of money as had just been stolen from the furniture and butcher shop, Fred was sentenced to five to ten years at the Kansas State Penitentiary. So at this point, three of the four Barker boys were in prison. Lloyd and Fred for robbery and Doc for murder. Hmm. But... Despite being alone, Herman did not slow down. And if anything, both his robberies and his recklessness increased with the commission of each crime thereafter. Between December 1926 and January 1927, Herman robbed a jewelry store in Oklahoma, robbed a bank on Christmas Eve, robbed another bank on New Year's Eve in Arkansas, and robbed another bank in Jasper, Missouri. And all of this with a new wife named Carol, who seemed to have no problem tagging along. Again, All don't right. try to change somebody. If you're with somebody, the whole point is to find somebody who's into the things that you're into as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because they say, oh, my crazy matches his crazy. Yep. And then you oh, have vice it, versa. You, you, wear, you wear shirts saying like, I'm with stupid. To get, and then they pointed at each other. <laughs> no, they're both stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have stupid kids. Yeah. And then they just <laughs> keep growing country. and they vote. They can vote and stupid. And stupid kids uh-huh. have more everyone, piles and piles of kids yeah. and they all vote. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So happy everyone's stupid yeah on that last job in jasper though herman was shot and arrested but escaped two weeks later by slithering up through a skylight in the jail's roof cool from there herman got even more reckless and in july things spun completely out of his control after trying to cash traveler's checks in wyoming that he'd stolen from a bank in buffalo Kansas. I don't. I don't. It's fine. It's just so we're lazy. Americans are lazy at the pioneers. There has to be so many different names. Name one. Just name it. Stew. The pioneers were lazy. They wanted to go name a new place where they can resucceed in a place that they failed. They went to Buffalo to try to start a rubber factory. They fucked up, so they yep. moved to Buffalo and they made a new. They moved to Kansas. They made a new Buffalo. So it's like now. We're doing rubber. Absolutely. <laughs> you can, if you can make it in New York, Idaho, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. In Idaho. In yeah. Idaho. Yeah. yeah. Manhattan, Kansas. Oh. Kansas. Yeah. You can do very well in Kansas. Maybe. Well, Herman got the cops called on him in Wyoming by a clerk who didn't believe that Herman's real name was R.D. Snodgrass. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like when I'm making up a name for a bit. Yeah. Ruford T. Hamburger. Yeah. Um, My name is Johnny Carson. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Herman ran, but eventually a deputy named Osborne caught up and pulled him over. When Deputy Osborne went to open Herman's door, though, Herman pulled his 32 caliber revolver and fired twice, yep. then sped off to leave the deputy die on the side of the road. Now, apparently, Herman's wife, Carol, was a little freaked out by this spur-of-the-moment murder. Right. But after a brief scuffle, she stuck with him. There's something about family. There's a lot of Vin Diesel in this story, right? Yeah. These people get together and it's like family. You it get is in like here, family, we're gonna, like we're gonna be Garden, fucking yeah. like <laughs> we're together. We're but, in this together, like because what it comes but I don't down think to that it, she knew that was gonna happen. Though. No, absolutely no. not. But still, no. then afterwards, well, now he's a murderer, so now I kind of have to stay with him because what if he fucking kills me? Right. And then you're like you're kind of locked in. And then, but they all kind of understood him. They created this line where they were like, no, 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 we're not going down. We're not going down ever. We're not. Going. And it started very, very early, where it's like yeah. they they wanted to keep this going. Oof. 
even though it sounds like robin banks is a really hard job yeah, yeah. i think if, if you get one stop i guess and that's very lucky but for the murder herman got a hundred dollar bounty put on his head and oh. became the second barker boy to take a life and this it seemed was the impetus that sped Herman Barker to his doom. A month after the murder of Officer Osborne, Herman and a couple of outlaws named Charlie Stallcup and Porter Meeks broke into the office of an ice plant. They beat the night watchman half to death and came away with a paltry $200. Names used to be better, man. Hold on a second. It was, uh, it was an, uh, they just made ice. Yeah, they made ice. Back yeah, of course. Yeah, this they is back in the day when, no, well, that's the thing. You needed ice because you had an ice box in your house to keep things cold. And so you had to replace it with a gigantic block of ice like wow, once a week. So I you see had to manufacture ice, ice. Okay. Yeah, it was before we came up with proper refrigeration where we were just going. So back in the day, you used to make those big ice plants. And I honestly, in my mind, I don't know if they'd have a lot of cash on hand. No, it's yeah. ice. It's just yeah, water. Ice. People paid yeah. good money for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they paid money for it. It could have been yeah. that expensive. <laughs> well, this was not the gang's lucky night in more ways than one, because the night watchman proved to be of sterner stuff than they thought. And he managed to call the police just as the gang was driving away. At 2 a.m., the cops caught up to Herman Barker and his accomplices for a late night high speed chase. Yes. Whoa. Eventually, though. Herman stopped the car in yet another highly reckless move that came with an even more reckless follow-up plan. When the two officers chasing Herman got close to the car, Herman reached out the window and grabbed one of them by the collar. He then pulled the cop close and shot the officer twice in the face. Dude, that's how I used to play fucking Halo, dude. Up close and fucking personal, dude. It's just like that. Up fucking close and personal, man. It's just like you in your underwear superstone playing a video game. It's just like that. (laughs) Well, the other officer then opened fire, hitting Herman and Charlie Stallcup while Porter Meeks broke and ran. You guys are crazy. (laughs) crazy. Get the fuck out of there, man. Herman got hit in the chest while Charlie got shot in both of his thighs, his right arm, and his right hand. That other cop was a fucking good shot. That's a good ass (laughs) shot. Driving away erratically because of the blood loss, Herman eventually lost control and hit a tree near an all-night hamburger stand. What would I do to be a hamburger right now? (laughs) Mm, That'd be nice. He got out of the car, but rather than being taken back to prison... Herman Barker took his revolver and shot himself in the head at the age of 33. Damn. Outside of the hamburger stand? Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, some people just sitting there with their milkshakes just being like, man, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> Ooh, this is good. It's crazy night in the hamburger stand, huh? You know, also, why like, are we here at 3 o'clock in the morning? Just having fun. Just getting out here. Oh, <laughs> we've been robbing the hamburger stand all night and night. And then I realized when it came down, I'd actually rather make a hamburger and some milkshakes for you and my friend. Right. <laughs> the no city official in Oklahoma would allow the body to be buried in their state at first. But eventually, the Barker family lawyer, a Cherokee named Quana Parker McGee, negotiated a plot for Herman in Welch, Oklahoma. Interestingly, Carol, Herman's wife, had to attend the burial in secret, and not just because she was still wanted by authorities in connection with Herman's first murder. Who she reportedly was more afraid of was Ma Barker, who had threatened Carol with bodily harm because Ma believed that it was Carol, not Herman, who had shot Officer Osborne with the revolver. My boy would never do something like that, even though he's had a whole life of criminality. Yeah, it seems exactly what your boy would do, Ma. Yes. No, yes. It's what women do. Always betray. Women always betray. 
how can you be right and wrong? I'm a mother, mm-hmm. not yeah. a woman. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so at this point, the Barker crime family seemed to be at an end before it even began. Lloyd Barker was in prison for the next 25 years, out of the game. Herman Barker was, of course, dead. Doc was in prison for murder in Oklahoma, and Fred was in Leavenworth doing 5 to 10. But it's at Leavenworth that Fred Barker met the special sauce that the Barker gang needed this whole time. The brains to go along with the guts. This man was Alvin Old Creepy Carpus. And that's where we'll pick back up for part two Woo! with some of the most daring and deadly bank robberies of the 1920s. Woo! Wow. So it seems like they're starting off a little bit behind the eight ball here. They're all incarcerated. One is dead. Ma doesn't know what's going on. She's alone. She's twiddling her own bean. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. This story is going to get absolutely insane. Which it already is, has been. What I do love about the story is, again, these are like, this is the American criminality that like, because we'll it's see. quilt. People just get obsessed with these stories, too, during the time yeah. period. Like, it will I never believe be it, again. man, because can you imagine, like, thank God we're not them. But, but also, it's just crazy to hear about. I actually really think it's fascinating in the time period that the idea of there being like famous criminals, like yeah. they I, f- adopted from the old West mentality, like this idea that these gunmen were something that people were all like interested in and they would give, they would talk to the press and they would yeah. jive back and forth. It was very interesting time period. Yeah. Absolutely. Who's your favorite criminal? John Dillinger or Pretty Boy Floyd? You know, yeah. that, that type of, like those types. And there's like children having those conversations too. It's fucking insane. And then and again, every time, you know, how many times have we were we asked that question in 2018? Why true crime now? And it's just being like, no, why true crime always? Always and forever. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to see you all in Texas this weekend. I'll tell you one thing. Austin was a gosh darn hoot. Oh, are you saying that you yeah. better? Oh, we, yeah. knew, well, we know oh, that I'm for certain. Remember that one time, Marcus, where you did that thing on stage in Austin? And Henry, you did that other thing on stage in Austin. Do you and- remember when we human centipeded each other and Kissel was in the middle. No, yeah. I would be in the. the oh, you God, have to I be the middle this. because of corners. Yeah, corners. Oh, God, that's the worst position. Actually, okay. you no, know, that's the thing. Him being in the middle actually makes the corners harder. Yeah, we're exactly. not going to be able to. Yeah, this is Henry incorrect. has to be in the middle. He has Henry, the most turning radius. No, you have no. the most turning no, radius. No, no, I don't. You're like, no, that's look at how much. Look no, at how I can turn. The accordion that's on a on a on a double bus. The accordion in the middle. No, you don't mm-hmm. even know. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The accordion in the middle, and also think about a semi. You don't put the fucking trailer in front, do you? No, you put it in the back. And then, I'm not but the trailer. Kissel's obviously the trailer. I want to be Doctor Dieter Laser. <laughs> yes, you're trying to cast yourself out of this. Yeah. Whatever, man. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for supporting everything we're up to over here. We hope you're doing well out there. Can't wait in February. Just another reminder, we will be going wide so you can get it on Podnut. You can get it on Podnut. You can get it on, on, on Soundbasket, whatever your <laughs> podcast bullshit is. Whatever also, you want to do. We'll end on Spotify. We'll continue to be on Spotify. Yep. We are so. mostly going to be on Stitcher. We're going to be everywhere. So that's everywhere. Where we're be everywhere you want. Every, we're everywhere you want to be, baby. Nothing's Just changing like with the, the Patreon. Everything's exactly the same. It's an incredible deal. Everybody's happy. We're ready you're to crush good. It. You're what? You're just you're. Who are you Fuck trying to convince? Me. I'm <laughs> <there>. <laughs> no, honestly, I feel great. 
Already. Oh, and uh, don't forget, Soul Plumber number four uh, Ooh, is out yes. there. It's out there and uh, ready to be bought. And a lot of comic book stores uh, definitely have uh, copies. Like they they reordered number one and they got all four copies. In fact, here in uh, Greenpoint, if you want to go to Action City Comics, oh, yes. I know uh, Eric out there has uh, all the issues. If you're a New York City denizen and you're looking to catch up on Soul Plumber, well, get fan- those motherfuckers. Fantastic. Action City Comics out in Greenpoint. Great place. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Oh, hell, Gene. What gustulations, everybody. Take care of yourself out there. Hey, can we heal me, huh? Come on. Can heal you. Someone come over here. And, you know, I heard it was bad if you can't feel your pulse in your ankles. That's bad. Huh. It's diabetic. It's but I can feel it. No, but I can feel it. I, I okay. checked. So check. Oh, good. You should check it at home. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's just kind of a ran, random yeah, health, I was just thinking about it. Random health advice. I was just it. thinking about it. I'm scared. Okay. Yeah, but check. I'm fine, though. I'm feeling I can feel the bumps. Check your ankles. Yep. Check. And let us know what you think about them. Yes, no. Yep, it's bumping. Great, I'm feeling it. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.